0: We are going to start in Acts, um, actually the end of Acts 5 is where we're going to start. But first, let me just, let me just pray. Let's just talk to the Father. Father, now we're choosing to delight, to delight in your name, to delight in your house, to delight at your time, where it only desires to bring To so make much of we are. Fill our minds with the love your mm-hmm. nice. so mm-hmm. hearts. Just okay, we're going to start in Acts 5, verse 41. Acts 5. Sorry, it's important. Just go to Acts 5, 41. The apostles left there rejoicing. Where is there? Who remembers? Where did they leave you during They had just been brought in. Remember they had the, the miraculous escape and they were found the next morning still talking about Jesus and this infuriated. Can you imagine? Like you think you've just caught the rascals <laughs> and, and, and you have the upper hand. They didn't just disappear, their their cell was locked, but they were not in it, and yeah, they were found still reaching to the and, and they're brought before the St. Hadrian, and um, they could find nothing wrong with these people, and they certainly cannot refute the miracles that are happening. <sighs> oh, to be incensed by the glory of God. <laughs> And they still are beaten. And they walk away from this place rejoicing. The apostles left there rejoicing, thrilled that God had considered them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And nothing stopped them. They kept preaching every day in the temple courts and went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus, God's people. people. these, these people, can you imagine? Seriously, like, can you imagine? Your body is, is shredded. Your flesh is shredded. You're in pain, but you don't care. You know, that whole thing that we talk about where you just can't get hurt in the glory. It's okay. I burned my face this morning in the glory with my curling iron. (laughs) These guys felt the pain in the glory, right? So that, that whole thing is not real. They felt the pain of just being. they rejoiced still. Turn with me really quick to First Peter 2. Starting in um, verse 11. Are you there? I it. Okay, First Peter chapter two verse eleven. I'm reading out of the Passion translation this morning, just so you know, in case you're wondering. My divinely loved friends, first I want to tell you, just for some background information, I know you can put two and two together, but I want to draw attention to it. This is Peter. He knows what he's talking about. He has been. We just talked about him. And he left there with Okay. That's really important background to have. My divinely loved friends, since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, I appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. Wow. I appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. Huh. That's something that should be curious to us. What is this evil desire that's waging war inside of you? We need to know. If we don't know, we'll fall for it. Yeah? So we're not going to break that down right now, but I want you to remember that so you can consider it as you go. Verse 12. Live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers even though they accuse you of being evil doers. For they will see your beautiful works and have a reason to glorify God in the day he visits us. In order to honor the Lord, you must respect and defer to the authority of every human institution, whether it be the highest ruler or the governors he puts in place to punish lawbreakers, and to praise those who do what's right. For it is God's will for you to silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what is right. I love that. It's God's will for you to silence the ignorance of the foolish by choosing God. As servants, as God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom. But never use your freedom as a cover. We've taken license with this idea of freedom. We know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? But we have taken wrong license with this freedom. It says right here what to do with this freedom, right? As God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom, but never use that freedom as a cover-up to continue on in your compromise, Use your freedom to have a holy interrogation taking place on the inside of you, exposing all that doesn't line up with the glory of the Father. That's the freedom that they're talking about. Use your freedom to do good, to put the goodness of the Lord on display. Because you've allowed them to do the work. Most of us have lived the outside of the cup Right? We show up in appearance, but there is so much turmoil going on. I'm not using freedom. The freedom that Christ gave us. Verse 17. Recognize the value of every person and continue, continually show love to every believer. Live your lives with great reverence. And in holy awe of God, honor the leaders. Those who are servants, submit to the authority of those who are your masters. Not only to those who are kind and gentle, but even to those who are hard and difficult. The Passion Translation really waters this down because that's not what it actually says in the translations. Basically, those who beat you. Submit to those who beat you. You find God's favor. Hold on to this. Don't get stuck in the beating. Listen, you find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. Has anybody ever been prey to an unjust act. Anyone? Yes! We have all felt the sting of injustice. We actually live in an unjust world. The system of justice is actually injustice. We've all felt this. We know what it's like to be wronged. And what does God say? This is where you find favor. Remember, this is Peter telling us, just submit to it. And you can feel his rejoicing, right? Because he knows what he's talking about. He has been beaten. On more than one occasion. For the gospel. Because he's sharing in the name of Jesus. This is what he's guilty of. He's putting Christ on display and being beat for it, and he's going. But what you don't know is that there's great favor in this. This from you. We talked a little last week about servanthood and how the majority of us feel we're being Simple things. Simple things. You thought <laughs> that was persecution? Ah! If you want it done, do it yourself. You know what I'm talking about. We're ridiculous. We we don't experience the favor. We think the favor of the Lord is a big fucking spot. Sorry. We're killing holy cows this morning. The favor of the Lord isn't about a reserved parking spot. What did you say? Um, I have managed to offend. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Thank you is this phase of fear I remember because you have been in. Not. We've been I'll give it That's what i saying. And it certainly wasn't What is it for to love yes. what it is that we really, really want to do. It's not because of the It's not come to the altar so you can plan you can be. a really yes that's good. you find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering for what merit is it to endure mistreatment for doing? yet if you are mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it this is commendable to god in fact you are called to live this way because Christ also suffered in that place, leaving you His example for you to follow. said it. He never spoke deceitfully. When he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God, who judges righteously. He Himself carried out sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his. We think that these are just right. We see the favor of God in Christ, that he has embodied sin, he has given himself over with the punishment. Is for those you. you were like sheep; they continually wandered away. But now you have returned to the true shepherd of your course, the kind guardian who lovingly, lovingly watches over your souls. That's Savior. That's the favor of God. A life like that, he endured And these disciples put their hands. These disciples knew what he did. They knew what he did. They knew his innocence. You can feel innocence, right? Anybody ever held a freshly born baby? It isn't the bag of sin that you've made and told. That's—I've never held a newborn baby. (laughs) You flesh bag of sin. (laughs) That's never ever been my reaction to a newborn baby. It's innocence, isn't it? You feel. Just such In a profound innocence, innocence of reverence. So the disciples knew of his innocence, and yet he, right, gave himself up as a ransom. It's so all All, right for all to be able to experience the love. That's favor. That's favor. I really believe that the favor of God isn't for the individual. Favor covers. Oh, favor. If I believe, sorry, if I believe that favor is about a parking spot at a grocery store, I know it's just like the thing that's on the front of my mind. It's because it's what we use. We think that favor is a good parking spot. I don't care if you stop here, although it would probably be good for us to walk. But that level of favor, it doesn't affect others, right? Our, our idea of favor is actually very selfish, very selfish. And favor goes out. It goes out and affects a whole. Because look what happens. They kept, it says nothing stops them. They kept preaching every day in the temple courts and went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus. Look what it did, look what the favor of God does. It, 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 it provokes, it broadens. We see that the government of the kingdom stretching and covering for the favor of God. What do you have to say? That's enough. Say less. <laughs> God is teaching me to judge fruit, and I am. (laughs) Let's move into chapter 6. During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly. But a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews. Who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. Now we know because we studied this on Wednesday together that, that it's talking about the Hellenists and the Hebrews. And these were people that, that did not, they were not permitted to go into the temple. These people were kept out. They were not allowed in the temple, right? They had their own synagogues and they had their own priests. So they're, they're still following the, the law of Moses, but they're not permitted to worship in the it place. I hope that that gives you a little bit of a picture as to what's really going on here. That their, their community has grown now. They, they now have problems, right? They're now having people problems. And what we have here is a victim mentality. These people have been cut out and they brought their victim mentality into the community mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. This is not fair, is a complaint from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes? Victim mentality comes from where? It's that. The answer this morning is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, <laughs> or Jesus. Yes, these people are bringing a complaint. This is the first complaint that we hear of, because there was no complaint offered for Anna, Nice, and I Sapphire dead, right? <laughs> like, they were just dealing. <laughs> Dealing with things that that come from that tree. No favor. Technically, yes, there was favor there. Okay, huh? Because it it went out, and everybody got to experience the goodness of God. See, do not judge by the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, okay? That's going to get us all kinds of messed up. Because when we're attached to this tree, we are not going to, we're not going to judge rightly. And the justice system that we see on the earth is because of the duplicity, because we're trying to put on both of them. Like if you can imagine the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, side by side, and we are trying to reach into both of them. We not Because I want to be able to hold a record of what Yes? And they also want the empowerment from the life that Jesus gives. Can you imagine? This is, this is why they got kicked out of the garden in the first place. It was dangerous. It was dangerous ground for them to be trying to eat the fruit from both of these trees. Look what happens. And that's what's happening here. These people are bringing in an argument of it's not fair. They were being mistreated. Do I need to remind you what just happened at the end of chapter 5? They were just beaten, and they left there rejoicing. And the very next thing that transpires is a complaint about it not being fair. This is what I'm talking about. This is what 1 Peter chapter 2 is talking about. If you are a slave, be a good slave. Take the beating. Experience the favor of God. But what we've done is we've watered all the to the point where we've councils over the mistreatment of this thing. We coddle the victim mentality and attempt to create doctrine to fix the victim. The injustice that's brought about by way of the victim mentality, which really could be filed on the board. Crazy crazy. So their argument reveals their victimhood, right? Here's what I'm going to say. Do not trust your narrative. Take it captive as if it is a treacherous beast that is willing to side with a murderer. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) I wrote this one down. Do not trust your narrative. Take it captive as if a treacherous beast willing to side with a murderer. Your mind without submission to Christ pursues the death of the darling of heaven. Your mind without submission to Christ will pursue the death of the darling of heaven. How do I know this? Crucify him! That's how I know this if you have not yet heard that phrase in your voice you have not been honest because that's what we're capable of in our fallenness that's what we're capable of when we allow ourselves permission to remain in fallenness and not allow that holy interrogation to take place and get rid of the rotten fruit we are capable of putting the darling upon And this is why the church has become a complexity of groups to jump from. It's because we've of a debt around suits so and treatments. We've allowed it to remain. And then you end up with entire movements falling because they were built on faulty. We haven't taken sin seriously. We haven't judged the fruit. We've used manipulative tactics to garner the favor of man and have carried one iota about the favor of God. The favor of God and the fear of the Lord are tight. That's why we can't use a parking space and call it the favor of God. We can't, we can't do that because the favor of God and the fear of the Lord move together. They just do. All right, let's keep going. Okay, so we know that this argument is over food, being distributed, right? They don't feel like they're giving enough. We know that this is all about a a victim mentality, right? Okay, verse 2. The 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, it is not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of service. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and preaching the word of God. They are selecting seven men to wait tables. Did you see the criteria on that? The criteria on selecting people to wait tables. This is crazy. Make sure they're honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry. How many of you have ever considered waiting tables crucial ministry? Anyone? 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's not something that we put a lot of value in. Can we all agree with that? There's not wide value put on waiting tables. It's not something that we would be like, I am yearning for the chance to wait on tables. Like, that's not how we think in our Western Christianity. We just don't. But look at the, look at the criteria that the apostles are Oh, This is, this is a big deal. And it got me thinking about the different things that, that, um, I have read about, Brother um, Lawrence. Anybody familiar with Brother Lawrence? There's a book called Practicing the Presence, and this man, his story is fascinating because he spends his the majority of his life, and they say that he considered himself a um, a clumsy man, and I don't know exactly what that means, but I have a feeling that it was more than just physically falling down. I think he was clumsy and sick, and when he was I think 40 or 50 years old, I can't remember which. Is when he decides to check himself into a monastery to, to keep his clumsiness in check. And, and he thinks this is just gonna be the fast fix. I'm gonna give myself to God fully, completely, and, and I will just be uh, capable of serving in the way that I know to be served. Which is awesome. But he ends up being the cook. He ends up being the cook in the monastery. And his first years, he was so frustrated by his position. But that quickly changed for him because he began to understand that there is no sacred space where you go off to to meet with the father. You can practice his presence anywhere. And he does. Listen to this quote. Men invent means and methods of coming at God's love. They learn rules and set up devices to remind them of that love, And it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. (laughs) It might be so simple. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of him? Nor is it needful that we should have great things to do. We can do little things for God. I turn the cake that is frying on the pan for love of him. And that done, if there is nothing else to call me, I prostrate myself in worship for him, who has given me grace to work. Afterwards, I rise happier than a king. It is enough for me to pick up a straw from the ground for the love of God. I began to live as if there were no one save, save God and me in this world. This is a man. Who has learned to, to be in the presence of God, no matter what that he's doing. Who, who, and we've talked about this, you know, I told you my story where God would tell me like, hey, pick up that piece of trash in the way. And Brother Lawrence did these things. He he would, he would do these things as an act of love. And if there were time, there was nothing left to do but light up and bask in the glory of God. And these men, these seven men that were selected, saw it as a great privilege to practice the presence in this book. Stephen, in particular, is not seeing this as a disadvantage. He's not even comparing himself to the apostles. He just steps in and becomes the apostle of the tables, of the widows. He doesn't miss a beat. He doesn't take time out for a mental day. because he's been selected to wait tables and not to travel with the apostles going house to house spreading the good news. Okay, hey, it's what we do. We have given our minds more credence than we have the fear of the it. Lord. Souls. And for him, it wasn't just about. Yes, he did the act of serving, right? Yes, he waited on tables. Yes, he distributed food. But he also distributed the gospel. Stephen was likely a priest. We know that he's lumped in with the Hellenists, but he was likely a priest among them. He knows the ways. The inner workings of the church. Stephen, he's a he's a man. I mean, it says you know these men already had wisdom; they were already filled with the Spirit. He clearly has a history with God. He serves well, and he distributes food spiritually and physically. It's not like oh more time. in the meantime I'll just wait so we can we it's not how he saw it he took advantage of what we've been called into yes in Colossians three twenty three and twenty four Paul says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for men it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. And we need to remember this when we are in the, the mopey mode of, uh, I was thinking of Eeyore actually, Eeyore, Eeyore could never make it to anything before it happened. Eeyore was always left behind. That's a that's not a personality. That's not character and that is certainly not fruit. I have to learn the that it is for us. In my early days of learning to serve God well, children's church is what I had. I refused to water stuff down so that they could make it. Turns out, they'll reject the waterlogged food you set before them that they, they would consume. The they will. Kids are smart. They're smart. We gave them veggie the tails, but they We entertained them with tails. Serve God well with you What is your mission field? What has he called you to? We get stuck in this holding pattern. We're waiting for something. Wait, wait. Half of us couldn't even tell you what what we're waiting for. What big moment are you waiting for? Serve him like that. If it's if it's trash duty right now, Acts six five. Let's jump there. Everyone in the church loved this idea, so they chose seven men. One of them was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Then they chose six other guys, who I'm not going to even attempt to say their names. All seven stood before the apostles who laid their hands on them and prayed for them, commissioning them to do this ministry. This is huge. This is a huge moment. We have them laying hands on seven men, commissioning them to go out and do the work of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Do you remember the sacrificial system that they were called into in the beginning? Before Christ? What would they do? Yeah, but what would they do before that? They would have to lay their hands on those animals and transfer their sin to those animals before they were killed. This was their act of laying hands on. They knew there was a transference taking place, so they would lay their hands on these animals, transfer their sin onto these animals, and when they were killed, so was their sin. But now, where these guys are at, we've already had the perfect lamb, right? He's already given up his life. He's laid his life down. He has bled and died on behalf of all humanity. So we no longer have to live within that sacrificial lifestyle of using an animal to take care of our sins. So these guys, they're taking the same model, but they're using it to spread the gospel. Now, all of us in this room, and a experience, that all of us in this room have experienced something laying hands on. I have. And there's a thrill, and there are goosebumps that come from that. Sometimes tears. Sometimes there's even deliverance that comes from that. What would it? The standing before they set in, and laying their hands up, them them. What was this transference like? We just read the end of chapter five. These men are just beaten and they go out with jokes. And, and we know that in the sacrificial system, that, that it was a complete transference. My sin goes all the Right? And so when they're standing there and they're laying hands on them and the fresh encounter that they have with the Lord is what is being left on them. The pleasure of suffering for Christ. It's what they're experiencing. And you can see this played out in what it is that Stephen does next. The people are mad at Stephen. Why are the people mad at Stephen? Because he's bold, and his wisdom is an affront to the religious community. And he's doing miracles. There are signs, wonders and miracles that are following this man. And he's just beencommissioned. He's just a man that waits tables. He's doing science, wonders, and miracles, and that gets him in trouble. He's working through the vein of wisdom, and that gets him in trouble. And then he offers up the most incredible speech. The most incredible, conflicting, condemning speech. And these people were fuming mad at him. So angry if they were before, they certainly are now. And I want to remind you of what it was that I said before. Do not trust your narratives. Take it captive as if a treacherous beast willing to side with a mother. Your, your mind without submission to Christ pursues the death of the darling. Of this is what's going on. Stephen models himself after. He stands there with boldness and with wisdom and just lays it all out for them. And even when they decide he's still worthy of death, they pick up stones and they start hurting them. And Stephen's response to that is, Father, They don't know what they do. <laughs> Father, forgive them. They don't know what's happening here. Father, let my life reveal And I'm afraid what we have been transferring one to another isn't the church of following after the sufferings. It's not a transference of a lifestyle of being a living sacrifice. It's probably more like until I got a front row working (laughs) spot. You're not the only one that does this. (laughs) We've watered it down. And so really what we're doing is we're transferring this we transference, We're transferring the confidence onto one another. And I think that we should be careful that what's on our hands is a magic. Clean hands, pure heart. Who can sense How can I ascend this hill? How can I remain in Zion? How can I make sure that people are, there's scripture, and I love this scripture, it's talking about the stream of people that are flooding Mount Zion. How does that happen? Stephen had clean hands. And a pure heart. And it got in killed. We need to stop being so afraid of death and just simply noticing. It is where our life comes from. Life abundant comes through death. Death! Where is your spoon? Jump down to Acts six fifteen. Every member of the Supreme Council focused his gaze on Stephen, for right in front of their eyes while being falsely accused, his face glory is a place. The favor of the Lord is not out through. Steven is being pummeled by stones. Where do you think these people are aiming for? His feet? What? These people are aiming for his head. These people know what they're doing. Stoning is part of their culture. It is. Sick, I know. (laughs) But it is. It's part of their culture and it's part of ours. We just use different spots. Thinking of any of this one. Stephen's success is a shock in face of the music. I think we can easily say that just case shop of noises is coming I mean, down from like practice in the presence. Right? Moses, cover your face. They could feel themselves dying because of the glory that was being emitted from Jesus's face. His It's glory like that that is poured out in these moments. Clean and pure We cannot trust our own minds. We need the mind of Christ, because your mind, without Christ, will tell you that what you're doing is okay and right. And oftentimes, it's not. We need the mind of Christ. We need the water of the word to wash over us. Every hour, Lord, I need you, right? How many of you can have a moment with God and then find yourself doing something absolutely stupid an hour later? I know I'm not alone. Every hour, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Is where we're moving to is going to require resolute courage. Last summer, God started talking to me about raising the generation of members. And I would be missed to not remind you of this because I really do think it's the call on this house that we would raise it. And I don't want us to get stuck in the idea of being stoned or crucified or, or or whatever, because honestly, being crucified is a capital punishment of their time. And so for us, that would be of objection or whatever the heck this new thing is that they're doing. I don't want us to get hung up in the things that we think are martyrdom. It's being sawed in half, whether it's the long way or the short way. I don't know. There were various ways that people were martyred. If you want to know more, get yourself a Fox's book of Martyr. And actually, there's new um, versions of that. Um, Lisa actually got me one. Lisa, listen, let me tell you about Lisa. Lisa takes the things that God says, and then she does what she can to physically represent it with a gift. It's just her love with it. It is. And so on the back side of this for my birthday, she got me this book that is like the the revised version of the Fox's book of Martyr and Martyrs and and it is. I mean, these people knew they were going to their death, and they would write letters to the towns that they were being taken to be killed, and they're like, no matter how much I plead with you and tell you that I don't want to die, I wanna die. You know? They knew that they were being taken to different towns because they were going to be killed for what it was that they represented, and so they would premeditate their death by sending letters to the communities that they were being taken in. Don't defend this, like know ahead of time. I am called to do this. See, I would have to do this because I'm a chicken. I get to the top of a roller coaster and I take the chicken exit. Chicken exits were made for people like me. It's true and that's what they would do they were they were making sure that the people that would would be there to protect them would do so appropriately they would ask please, 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 please I'm probably going to plead with you because the pain will become to your don't stop The heart of a life truly really laid down Use me. Any way you want to use me, use me. You want me to wait tables the rest of the I'll wait tables. You want me to pick up trash? I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. I'll die! If I don't get that next piece of trash. We're so preoccupied. What is it? It is incredible. It's bloody stupid. <sniffs> it's lightly. We've been so messy. We've been offered a sugar coated gospel and most of us just nibble on the exterior. And we're just appeased and satiated with the sugar that were offered and we never get to the needs. Which calls for nums. We were told that this was going to be comfortable. Choosing Christ, make a decision for Christ, so you can be married. And Then you're going to live out your days in the favor of God. It's a lie. That is a lie. That is not the gospel. The gospel. Is and always has been laid down your life. Always. We've been duped. And we have duped. It's a beautiful Because there's really nice no one else than worthy of No one else. There's no other God worthy. No other God worthy. Be to this first. to I'm going to read this to you. To this Harvest of the new believers, next generation of I am indeed a good father. See me as I carry the entire generation not Mariah, Those capable of counting the cost, those with nothing and everything. An age laid upon the threshing floor, whose shaft blows away the high winds of change. They are emptied of crowns, have no treasure to lay up, and are a military crew ready for others. Their zeal is for my house, and they know how and when to buy cost. The they crave holiness and desire righteousness, a generation like it. Look at them dressed in camel skin, ever carrying a of treasure before the king. Tormenting locusts are their bread and butter, honey. They are the westwardly winds released, coming up from the wild. Alternate is all the Their ministry is unto the land. They are the wild beasts of my throne. And their obsession with praise establishes my kingdom and drives out wickedness. They make straight the pathways of righteousness, and they choose the narrow way. I've called out pine to they are those called to lay their lives down to the spirit, train, and keep the fires on the altar. You have made it to the ruins, a space lost for life. Your hands, your counsel, and wisdom form, mold, and make for me the next generation of Those who boldly my will boldly proclaim my word, my will, and release. I be trusted. To be. be... I scoffed on the back side of this. So I'm the prophet of death. Yes. It's true. God has called us a house of murder for a reason. Murder is what is used to. basically. Jesus. And it is the sweet alone that <laughs> the Father takes care of each other. Life over is sweet of So whatever shirt holy gospel you have <laughs> left in you. It's we're going. We, need to we need to forsake to feast. We must have pure fruit hanging on our branches. We must, and if we don't, we must judge it rightly. You cannot. Conjure up enough compassion, you cannot conjure up enough positivity to bring about transformation in the gospel. The true word of the not your ability to. Okay. We'll stop. <laughs> All right. let's let's have a conversation. We've got a little. A little bit of time.